You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Probability and stats. Ugh. When I was in college, that course was my nemesis. The word probability still sends shivers down my spine almost 40 years later as it invokes the nightmares that I'm still having of barely getting through that course by the skin of my teeth. And I have talked to a lot of CISOs over the years who feel the same way that I do. There's a reason we're IT people and not math people. Math is hard, and that probability and stats class still holds a special place in my heart because it makes me feel like Ron, Hermione, and Harry studying the dark arts at Hogwarts in the Harry Potter series. Alistair Moody. Ex-Auror. Ministry malcontent. And your new defense against the dark arts teacher. I am here because Dumbledore asked me. End of story. Goodbye. The end. I am still convinced today that in order to solve even simple probability and stats problems involves a mix of a little voodoo and probably the sacrifice of a small wooden creature or two. If somebody mentions probability and stats to me, there's a good chance you'll catch me running at full speed in the opposite direction. In my early network defender days, whenever somebody asked me to do a risk assessment, I would punt. I would roll out my qualitative heat map risk assessments and my three levels of precision, high, medium, and low, and I'd call it a day. Along with my peers, I would tell myself that predicting risk with any more precision was impossible that there were too many variables, that cybersecurity was somehow different from all the other disciplines in the world, and it couldn't be done. We were wrong, of course. My name is Rick Howard. You are listening to CSO Perspectives, my podcast about the ideas, strategies, and technologies that senior security executives wrestle with on a daily basis. This is the sixth show in a series that discusses the development of a general purpose cybersecurity strategy using the concept of first principles. So far, I've explained what first principles are and made an argument about what the very first principle should be. Since then, I have covered zero trust, intrusion kill chains, resilience, and DevSecOps. In this show, we are talking all things risk. The book that changed my mind on the subject of conducting precision risk assessments was Super Forecasting, The Art and Science of Prediction by Philip Tetlock and Dan Gardner. Dr. Tetlock is quite the character. He's one of those scream and shake your raised fist at the TV because those people have no idea what they're talking about. 
kind of like my grandpa every night of the week. Tetlock would watch news programs like CNN, Fox, and MSNBC, where the host would roll out famous pundits to give their opinion on some topic because, you know, once in their lives, they predicted something correctly. It didn't matter that all the predictions they made since then were wrong. The news programs would still bring them on as if they were Moses coming down from the mountain to present their wisdom. Dr. Tetlock wanted to keep score. I always thought that when pundits came on, the viewer should see their batting average rolling across the chyron on the bottom of the screen. These pundits have made 73 correct predictions out of 1,000 tries in the last year. Maybe you shouldn't listen too closely to what they have to say. And then Dr. Tetlock decided to test his idea. Working with IARPA, that stands for the Intelligence Advanced Research Projects Agency, he devised a test using three control groups, the intelligence community, the academic community, and a group he called the soccer moms. The soccer moms weren't really soccer moms. They were just regular people with time on their hands who liked to solve puzzles. According to the Washington Post, he then had them forecast answers to 500 really hard questions like, will the Syrian president still be in power in six months' time? Or will there be a military exchange in the South China Sea in the next year? Or Will the number of terrorist attacks sponsored by Iran increase within one year of the removal of sanctions? Out of the three communities, the soccer moms outperformed the academics and the intelligence community by as much as 30%. And there were a few analysts who outperformed them all by large margins, whom Tetlock called the super forecasters. There are many reasons for their success, both the soccer moms and the super forecasters. According to Tetlock, it mostly came down to ruthlessly admitting their own cognitive bias and not being afraid to change their mind as new evidence comes in. The point of all this is that it is possible to forecast the probability of some future and mind-numbingly complex events with precision. If the soccer moms can accurately predict the future of the Syrian president, surely a bunch of no-math CISOs like me can forecast the probability of a material impact due to a cyber event for their organizations. For cybersecurity specifically, I recommend two Cybersecurity Canon Hall of Fame books, Measuring and Managing Information Risk, A Fair Approach by Jack Freund and Jack Jones, and How to Measure Anything in Cybersecurity Risk by Douglas Hubbard and Richard Syerson. One key takeaway from both of these books is that the network defender community has a limited understanding of what probability is. My guess is that this understanding comes from that one intro to probability and stats course we all took in college. We remember that to get a probability, we have to count things. We have to count the number of times something happens and then divide it by the number of times it could have happened. And that is one reason why most network defenders say that evaluating cybersecurity risk is impossible. What things do you count? How do you know how many times those things could have happened? And there are so many things to count in cybersecurity. Which things do you choose? While all these questions are valid to a point, probability is so much more than that. For a more useful description of probability, we should turn to the father of decision analysis theory, Dr. Ron Howard. No relation, by the way, and definitely not this guy. Now, Sheriff Taylor. Did you not say the post toasters of the cornflakes crackling with fresh corn flavor? Well, decision analysis theory is a formalized approach to making optimal choices under conditions of uncertainty. Dr. Howard defined the discipline in 1964 and has played a major role in the research ever since. He would say that if the CISO forecasts 
that there is a 20% chance of some bad cyber thing happening next year, that 20% is the current and most precise mathematical representation of what the CISO knows. He says, and I quote, don't think of probability or uncertainties as the lack of knowledge. Think of them instead as a very detailed description of exactly what you know, end quote. From my perspective, you don't have to count things to make that assessment. From my own experience, I've learned that to assess the risk of any organization, you have to ask the right question, and the question must have three components. First, there needs to be a precise quantitative probability, not some mushy qualitative guess like high, medium, or low. But a probability of what? You just can't tell the boss that there is a 20% chance that some bad cyber thing is going to happen. Even though you are using probabilities, that's still not precise enough. What exactly is bad? We know that not everything in cyberland is important, and we also know that we don't have enough resources to protect everything. We should be focusing then on what is material to the organization. In the first podcast of this first principle series, I took a definition of material, and I'm using air quotes here, from the team at Datamaran. Quote, a material issue can have a major impact on the financial, economic, reputational, and legal aspects of a company, as well as on the system of internal and external stakeholders of that company, end quote. But that still isn't enough. You can't just tell the boss that there is a 20% chance that some material bad thing is going to happen sometime in the future. Of course that's true. The future is a long time. If you wait long enough, some material bad thing is going to happen. So to complete the triad of a good risk question, it has to be time bound. In the essay, Metrics and Risk, All Models Are Wrong, Some Are Useful, that I published in March, I said this, quote, the question we need to answer for the board then is, what is the probability that a cyber event will materially impact the company in the next three years? Answer that question, and then board members can decide if they're comfortable with that level of risk or if they need to invest in people, process, or technology to reduce it, end quote. So how do you answer that seemingly impossible question? Let's start with a simple but useful model. Let's poll the InfoSec team. Using techniques described in the books mentioned in this podcast, have the team build consensus on what the probability range is with 95% confidence. In other words, no matter what the upper and lower limits are, they are 95% confident that the actual probability will fall within it. And don't be concerned if the range is wide. This is just the first step. Like I said, it is a simple but useful model. In future podcasts in this first principle series, I'll discuss how we can add complexity to our forecasting models by including Monte Carlo simulations, latency curves, and other improvement techniques designed to reduce that range with confidence. But taking this first step, you have a probability you can take to the board. Our atomic first principle is this. Reduce the probability of material impact to my organization due to a cyber event. It goes without saying then that if this simple statement about probability is the base for everything we are doing in our InfoSec program, then we must have a way to calculate it. Conducting risk assessments or forecasting probability becomes an essential strategy on the same level of importance as zero trust, intrusion kill chains, resilience, and DevSecOps. We are placing all of those bricks on that first pillar to give it strength. 
What I'm advocating for is an expansion of your understanding of what probability is that goes beyond what you learn from your probability and stats course back in college. Take the lead from Dr. Ron Howard and determine a metric, a probability, where you can precisely explain to the board what you do know about the security posture of your organization that is something more meaningful than a squishy, high, medium, or low guess. Consider that risk assessments are nothing more than forecasting the probability of something material happening to your organization and start developing your own super forecasters now. If soccer moms can do it for the Gordian knot of international geopolitics, I think it is possible for us network defenders to do it to support our InfoSec first principle wall. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. Whether we like it or not, we are all going to have to embrace our fear of probability and stats and figure this out. So strap in. And you might want to collect a few small woodland animals just in case and maybe dust off those Harry Potter books. That's a wrap. If you agree or disagree with anything I've said, hit me up on LinkedIn or Twitter and we can continue the conversation there. The CyberWire's CSO Perspectives is edited by John Petrick and executive produced by Peter Kilpie. Mix, sound design, and original music by the insanely talented Elliot Peltzman. And I am Rick Howard. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this preview of CSO Perspectives, be sure to subscribe to CyberWire Pro and get access to the rest of this episode, as well as all past seasons of CSO Perspectives ad-free. And you all know I love getting rid of the ads. Visit thecyberwire.com slash CSO Pro. That's thecyberwire.com slash CSO Pro to explore the many benefits of CyberWire Pro and to subscribe.